Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Her Talks. Today I am talking with Jasmine from Angels Arms Ministries and it's a tough subject. We're talking about human trafficking. She's sharing her testimony and why she's doing everything that she is doing. Um, She is extremely active in the community. She is a voice for youth. She's a voice for change. So um, after this quick break, you'll hear our interview, which I'm very proud of. And I just want to thank her again for her transparency and willingness to really step outside of her comfort zone. So stay tuned another episode of her talks my name is renee and i am here with jasmine who i met at the minority mental health summit back in july i was so impressed with her story and just her countenance and just the way that she carried herself i just knew that i wanted to interview her so i'm so excited to have her on today jasmine thank you so much for being here yes ma'am i'm happy to be here can you give us a little background of kind of who you are and kind of what what why are we here today what are we talking about today my name is jasmine sanders Um, i'm the founder of angel lines learning a teen organization well how that came about um my daughter was a human trafficking victim a guy got her and processed her through five different states and sold her in richmond virginia wow and um, put on drugs. Wow. Um, we ended up finding her in Richmond, Virginia, and we ended up going um, going to get her. And she got she got put in the hospital, and we got her back home. And now she's back out on the streets. And I really don't know what's going on with her right now. Wow. But I'm trying to get more help and help more people on the human trafficking um, thing that's going around. You know, people don't believe in it. But like I tell them, you'll never believe in it until it happens to you. Right. You know, so I try to talk with a lot of groups of people and try to get them to understand what human trafficking is and know this knowing the signs of it okay can you talk a little bit about um what human trafficking kind of looks like your definition of it and what were some of the signs that you saw well um she was big on on the internet on facebook um she but it happened during school hours she basically um, met a girl at school that hooked her up with a guy on Facebook. And one morning I left home. He came to my home and got her mm-hmm. um, through Facebook. Wow. You know, and I feel like Facebook was a big role. You know, Facebook played a big role in that because she was on Facebook and decided the guy get her. I mean, Laura, I'm so sorry, got her. Mm-hmm. And um, I just feel like Facebook plays a big role in, you know, the things that happen. So, um, so for, had, from okay. that day when he came and got her, was she gone from that day on or? Yes, he came and got her. Oh. And um, I look for, first of all, I, when I found out she was gone, um, I issued a, a a runaway report. The police officers told me to stay 
that she um ran away again because she was used to running away okay um she ran away again so i stated that she ran away and i didn't think anything of it um so you know we ended up going to look for her and we couldn't um find her Hey guys, I wanted to jump in really quick and give some statistics that I think might paint a more macro picture to what Jasmine is explaining on a more personal level. All the statistics I'm getting ready to share come from enditalabama.org. Human trafficking is the second largest criminal activity today. It is only second to the illegal drug market. The average age for a child that gets into human trafficking is between 11 and 14 years old, although there are adult victims as well. Uh, there are about 300,000 children that are at risk for exploitation. And what they're saying is um, at risk for exploitation, they're really kind of honing in on uh, kids that um, will run into or are introduced to a pimp. And that is the person that will kind of lead them into what we would consider modern day slavery. I just wanted to give some statistics real quick to kind of show you how deep this issue really is and how far spread this issue is. And um, I'm so glad that Jasmine is willing to kind of talk about her own personal experience with this because it's happening more than we know. And especially with the internet, it's just so much easier for these individuals to get in contact with our kids. So I just wanted to share that brief tidbit of information with you guys. And now back to the interview. to your home you said that she was gone then you went to the police they told you to file it as a runaway not a missing person correct uh -huh. yeah. and they told you to file it that way because she had a history of running away so yeah. here's here's my question to you in that moment if you could go back would you put her in as a missing person versus a runaway no ma'am i mean yes ma'am i will put her in as a missing person because i didn't know that the officers don't look for runaways. They just put them in a system and they really don't look for them. But if they come across one and get their name, then they'll pop up that they ran, they have ran away. But a missing person, I could have got the, the police and the detectives to look for her as a missing person. And I couldn't even um, get Fox 6 News or no other kind of news station to take that because the the detectives um didn't give them the permission to post it wow. on the news because she was a runaway gotcha. they say they don't look for runaways they only deal with missing persons hmm. okay and you knew at that point when she left with him did you know that it wasn't just a runaway situation did you know how deep this actually was when I got home, I don't know what that feeling was, but it was like, go after her. Hmm. You know, I started looking for her. It was a feeling that was telling me, look, look for her. You need to find her. So I basically um, got in my car. I went everywhere. I went around her friends' houses, tried to get them to call her. 
I tried to get a lot of people to call her. I couldn't get in contact with her. Okay. And did you know about the friend who had introduced her to this guy? Well, no, ma'am. Okay. It was at a high school, and um, I don't, I don't even know the girl, but the girl spoke out to the principal. Mm-hmm. That's how I ended up finding out what was really going on. Okay. So, what was the process like finding your daughter? Because you said they don't look for runaways. So, how did you get to find her in Virginia? Then, how did they? How did that process go? Oh my go? God. <laughs> I went through different measures of panicking, going crazy. I I was going everywhere looking for her. I was putting up missing people posters. I showed up at the sheriff's department every day. Wow. Begging them to help me. They kept saying that she was a runaway. If I find out where she's at, that they would come um, help look for her. I mean, you know, go where she, where I think she's at and look for her. But other than that, they would not look for her because she's a runaway. So I just went through a whole lot. It was terrible because in the midst of all that, I, I constantly had seizures. I was always not feeling well. You know, I had the chair department and family, um, is it DHR? I had the sheriff's department and DHR in my household. Wow. Like, sitting there with me, trying to figure out if I have something to do with that. And that wow. kind of drove me crazy. I'm like, are you serious? And I keep, I keep telling them, you know, I don't know what's going on, but that process, it was terrible because, first of all, when I first got a swift for what she was, she was in, like, Fairfield with the guy. Um, he found out that I knew they were in Fairfield. I went over to Fairfield, had a couple of people looking for her with a missing person poster. And we couldn't find them. And when I went to that door, the house that him and her was in, he ended up leaving, like, right before I got over there. So he took her somewhere else. And then um, she popped up at a club. And... It was so happened to be one of my friends' club that's like a sister to me. Mm-hmm. She called me. She was just basically saying, hey, Jess, I think you need to um, come down here. She was like, this baby down here out of her mind, you know. Mm-hmm. And by the time I got down there, they had just called the police. The police took her. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking the police was going to take my baby to, um, I'm thinking he was going to take her to, juvenile court and I could right. pick her up so I went down there right. he didn't take her there he went and dropped her off and um he dropped her off in some apartments because she said that her sister or cousin or somebody lived there wow so he dropped her off he didn't know that it was so deep I didn't know that it was deep right so at that point um I lost her again she popped back up she posted a picture on Facebook and somebody sent me that picture because I had everybody even on Facebook, the marketplace, not the marketplace, um, the trading site. Yeah. I had all those people looking for my baby because I posted a picture on every site, every group possible. So um, 
when he posted, I mean, when she posted that picture, I'm one of the parents. I look at the background. Right. I look at all backgrounds on pictures. <laughs> so I was like, this is an old door. And she was in a hotel because you could see the mirror, mm. the little hotel mirror with the little thing, you know, the vanity. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I was like, this is a brand new door. And I kept thinking, like, well, that hotel is so old. And I thought about it. It was in, it was the one over there in Arendelle, the Siesta Hotel. Wow. Um. So I went over there, but. I tried to get, it was a gossip then that said that he was, he was going to purchase my baby. Um, he was going to purchase her in, um, wow. at that hotel. He was going to try to make the purchase and he told me it was best if I not go in and just let him try to get her. And once he buy her, he was going to try to bring her, you know, talk her into coming home. Right. But we sit down and we was on the phone i can remember that day it was me the um police um the sheriff the sheriff and and um fam dhr and the lady from dhr she the guy was telling me he said i need you to sit down for a minute this right before all of this him telling me he was going to purchase her he was like sit down for a minute because what i'm about to tell you is is deeper than you think it is and i was like okay so i sit down and he was like i found your baby but i'm trying to purchase her she was being sold on that page um as a barbie um her and another little girl that was from north carolina um that little girl she was a um uh um she was a um she was probably about 14 or 15. um so we sat still and tried to wait on him to purchase her and at that time they had put a call in to the detective letting them know what was going on um letting her know what was going on so he so happened um didn't feel like something was right so he moved her fast he took her to a and at that time, we had a, a, a um, I'm not sure if he was a detective or undercover for, um, from um, Arendelle that stepped in and helped us on the side and said, I want to help you get your baby. And he kept checking the phone like he was some kind of way he could ping the phone to find out what's her location. I'm not sure how he do it. But at that time, he they ended up in Atlanta. So he moved it to Atlanta. When he moved it to Atlanta, he moved it fast again. They were selling her on back page in Atlanta. He moved again. He moved it to um, South Carolina. And then he was selling on back page there. Because each time the phone was being pinged by that um, undercover or whoever he was. I don't even remember this man. Right. I just know he worked for Arendelle Police Department. But... um he ended up moving her there and he did the phone again she was in north carolina um on back page um then they moved fast through north carolina and he sold her to a guy in richmond virginia where she stated to the um she my baby stated to the um to the person that got her she stated um 
he started whipping them with the extension cord yeah. and they took off running. She stated that to, I think it was the, one of those um, hospitals she was in, but she stated he started whipping them with a extension cord and that's how she, she took off away from that guy that he sold her to. Um, when they took off running, it was an older lady, by the grace of God. She helped my baby. She don't know what she did, but she saved her. By the grace of God, that lady called police and said, hey, girls are running, look like they're running for their life. Life. They don't look like they're from around here. Please come help them. Yeah. So at that time, Richmond, Virginia police stepped in and they moved fast. They had to move fast. Yeah. Because they got them quick. Yeah. When they got them, they called me at probably about two or three o'clock in the morning saying I had 24 to 48 hours to get to Richmond or a warrant would be issued for my arrest. Wait, why? Um, They said that anytime your child is found out of faith, that they can press charges against you. Wow. Because a child is not supposed to be out of state without a parent. So, so um, at that time, Lord, I didn't know I was losing my mind. I probably had, I already had probably probably 20 some seizures i was in intensive care um i had just got out of intensive care wow. i ended up um going back to facebook hmm. i went back to the training site and i know it was trustful trading and graystone trading i got on there and i was like i was begging the people i was like please can you help me i need to find my baby please let me know if anybody could help me if you all could just put in money to help me get my baby home wow. it would be okay with me so so many people got together on there and they put a lot of money on the court so they was gonna one lady was gonna meet me with the court um and i was gonna take off in my car but the thompsons over thompson tractor um the cat people on 79 the lady called me i think her name was miss judy thompson her and her husband on Thompson, the tractor place. Yeah. So she called me. She was like, hey, I know you don't know me, but your friend uh, works for me. And she's concerned about you driving to Richmond. How are you going to get there? Are you going to drive your car? She was like, is it dependable? I said, no, ma'am. I'm not sure, but I'm going to make it there. I said, I'm just going to get there. She was like, no, baby. She said, and then you having seizures. I don't want you to drive. She said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to meet me at the airport. Can you meet me at 12? I think it was 11 or 12 o'clock. Um, so I was like, yes, ma'am. And she was like, um, we're going to get your baby home. I was like, thank you so much. So I didn't even know these people, but I just, I was desperate to get her. Yeah. So I ended up um, going on my clothes, you know, get my clothes ready for the, the next day. I went to the airport, I got to the Birmingham airport, and I went to the big airport, the, the front port. So mm -hmm. she called, she said, where are you? I said, I'm at the airport. I know, baby. She said, we're in my private airport. <laughs> she was wow. like, baby, we're in my private airport. I'll show you what gate. She said, go to a certain gate and, yeah. and let us know when you get to that gate and we'll let you in. So I was like, okay. So I went to that gate. When I came in, it was like, oh, my God. I walked. I got out of my car. They was like, you park right here. They were showing me where I parked. And they was walking me in the building. And when I walked in, it was Miss Thompson, her husband, my friend, uh, which is her name is Joshua. Mm -hmm. It was her. 
it was um um lord have mercy it was hers the palant his son it was um jp dice um who else was it um oh their friend she's a attorney her name is Sue. so when she walked up she miss thompson she walked up she said hey she said baby let me tell you something she said um she said i got you some help i got my friend um which is sue she's gonna make sure everything in the process goes smooth um i got two appellant you don't worry about nothing nothing don't worry about nothing. just get your baby back home so um, what a blessing so you went from nobody believing you um, (laughs) total strangers coming together and not just getting you to richmond but putting she basically put together a dream team for you yeah (laughs) (laughs) that is that is incredible yes ma'am so when we we some kind of way i don't know how they do it but they call the judge the judge stayed on the on the bench we we had to go before a judge in order to get my baby released from the um we had to go before a judge once we got there and it was late they let us in um we stood before the judge and um the attorney just told me not to say anything she was gonna handle everything and she handled it we ended up um getting my baby they released my baby to um they released her to be released at the juvenile court so we had to go to the juvenile court and get her so we went over there and when i saw her i was like oh my god yes pretty much i didn't know who she was it was a certain smell she had on her and i was crying i was just like why i said why you know I said, I'm sorry, whatever I did to you, I don't want you to go through this. You know, I was just hugging her and telling her I love her. And she was just saying, I love you too. And she wouldn't talk too much. And it was just crazy how all that happened. But we ended up spending the night because they, they didn't want us to fly um in at nighttime because I that was my first time ever flying on a jet. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um so we had spent the, we ended up spending the night in a room. The attorney stayed in the room. She she told me she didn't wanna get separate rooms because she felt like she was gonna run. Gotcha. So she stayed at the front door. I stayed at the balcony and we made sure she didn't get away. So that next day we ended up, I mean, we had something to eat that night, we got food the next day, and then it was time to get back on the plane. Um, JP Dice, um, JP Dice, the weatherman, the attorney, and JP Dice, I didn't even know he's um, fly planes. <laughs> He was one of the pilots. Really? Uh, yes. <laughs> I didn't know that either. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's he incredible. was a pilot. Um, so he he ended they ended up flying us back. But then she was like, "You need to take it to the hospital." So we took right. to the hospital. She stayed in the hospital a whole year. Never wow. received the help that she needed. Um, I kept telling them the help that you all are giving her is not the help that she needs. Right. So she went from children's for six months, um, UAB2, and then she did Hillcrest the duration of the time. Okay. Well, when she got to Hillcrest, they decided they wanted to take her from me. Mm. 
and they tried to fight me in court and take her and we went to court they said she wasn't stable enough to be on the street we our only reason why i fought them because i wasn't gonna let them take custody from me right right so i fought in court the judge found it in my favor i fought without an attorney then really just found it found it in my favor to let her back come back to me and when she came back home she stayed home about two to three months and she ended up taking off again oh, no. this time she took off um she ended up on the west side and each time we got her she was out prostituting. And each time, Birmingham Police Department, all of those people, Danny Carr, um, um, Chris Anderson, um, um, it was another sergeant, he's retired now. All of them came together. I, this is how I ended up getting with them. I showed up at a, a meeting, mm-hmm. a, um, a town hall meeting. And I begged everybody, it was like a lot of judges and everybody there, I begged everybody to help me find my baby again. Yeah. And they stood in, and every time I called them, when I say they came, they came. Wow. It was like another rescue team. <laughs> they they showed up, they got her, we got her. They put one of their best officers, Birmingham put one of their best officers out to get her. Mm-hmm. Go get her again. Each time we found that she was out prostituting. How old um, was your daughter at this point? How old was she? She was 16. She was 16. So she was 16. 15 when all of this happened, and then... 16 went 16 when all this happened. Wow. And um, now she's 19. So she's an adult. Yeah, and I can't do anything about it. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's mm-hmm. got to be really hard. It's, I... it's very hard because but to make myself say fine i go out and try to help people and educate them on human trafficking and what it really is and what it looks like and how it happens well that's, you know, what, I, that's it, what i wanted to talk to you about so how did you get started with your ministry so you've gone through all of this and so this is still fairly fresh i mean this is just a three-year yeah, period so this yes. is still very very fresh yes. so how do you go from grieving the loss of your child because although she's still physically here you don't know everything that's going on with her so you, you're grieving a loss in a so in a sense so how do you go from your own grief to starting the ministry that you currently have well i was about to drive myself crazy i kept getting sick having seizures and stuff and you know, my, my mom and my family was coming telling me, hey, she's going to kill you, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm not saying physically kill you, but she's going to take you out. Right. You know, my, my sister, she basically, her sister called me one day and she was like, let me tell you something. She said, you need to stop worrying about this girl. She was like, you, you worrying too much. You need to find you something else to do. You're not gonna be here for the rest of your kids, you know. She was just basically telling me that, and I that day I got up and I was like, you know what? Okay, I'm gonna be a better person. I'm gonna do better. So I start finding ways to bring my time. So one day I decided, I said, hey, you know what? I'm gonna start up an organization to help people go um, get through stuff like this and to get them help. And to let educate these young girls on this, cause don't nobody 
gonna happen to them until it happens to you. Right. Right. Yeah. So I decided to get up and and I went out looking for an office, showed up at an office. It was nothing but favor. The guy told me don't worry about nothing right then. Was gonna make sure that the office was mine. Wow. And it took me for the lowest price I could. No, sign the office for it. It's very nice. Okay. I mean, that day I got that office. I think I paid about $400. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I paid that and I, I sit at the desk and I was like, okay, I can see myself doing it. So I ended up going around to people, asking them would they volunteer. Then I end up trying to be um, a mommy to another kid, and <laughs> that, at that point it was me and another lady, and she decided um, she 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 was telling me we was gonna co-parent on the baby. Mm-hmm. Um, it was somebody else's child, and we was gonna just help the young girl with the baby and she was gonna we was gonna co-parent on the baby mm-hmm. so she decided that she was gonna keep the baby and I agreed to let her go ahead and get the baby and she she you know she went ahead and raised she got the baby and she been raising the baby okay. so she came to me one day and she was like hey I bet you didn't know what I do and I was like no She's like, I'm a counselor. And I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> and I was like, wow. She said, if you ever need help, let me know. And then she ended up being my counselor. Wow. For the way full circle. That is so. Okay, so <laughs> you have yourself, which I'm assuming you're like the executive director. You have a counselor. Uh-huh. Do you have any yeah. other employees? Or what? what is. Um... I, I just basically, I, I right now I can't afford. Um, to pay people so I just have some volunteers that come in and assist so let's talk about that what are some of your needs well I, I need to get a 501c3 so I can become and I would like to apply for some grants to set up different programs in different communities um my needs are very big. I'm, I really, I'm really looking forward to getting this big building, you know, where we can have different events and different, like, um, what can I say? Um, so are you looking more. to host more like educational things or are you looking yes, to host stuff to kind of get well, the kids like off the street? Like what, what does your well, vision look like? Okay. My vision, my vision is. My vision is um, I'm basically trying to I should help find missing people now. So that's part of my ministry also. Um, so I go out and I look for these girls and I get them help. Um, I go get them. So you actually go them. into the street looking for wow missing girls and wow. missing everybody. I get anybody <laughs> missing. You're I'm still for looking for Kiara stuff. Okay. Um, She's been missing since 2015. Right. Uh, but I have rescued like six kids. Um, from Yeah, and it was young girls, and they was basically, um, they had their own issues. And I helped their parents, you know, and that's what I do when somebody calls me and says, kid's missing. 
I have to go get flyers. I have mm-hmm. to print um, paperwork out. So let me ask design. you this: so there's there's yes, a need there's a need for paper and ink and like, what are some tangible things? Because I'm gonna I'm gonna put this out and I'm gonna ask them. I'm gonna ask the listeners. I'm gonna ask the people on Facebook. I'm gonna ask them to support you. So this is like a dream list for you. If you had a dream list of the things that you know right now, like the top five or seven things that you need like right now, what what do you think those things are? I need a five hundred one C three. Okay. <laughs> Got that. <laughs> uh, a building, a bigger building, so okay. I can do more okay. with the kids. And I would love to start a computer program to get these kids um computer literate. Um, it's basically based off everything that I do. We help find jobs. I, I like to help kids um, and people find jobs. So I go into these offices where these employers are with these good jobs, you know, mm-hmm. and I talk to them and I ask them if I have people, you know, even with people with felonies. I asked them would they consider hiring them if they had like non-violent uh, crimes yeah. on them. So I get people jobs, great jobs, um, <laughs> great jobs. So I, I help find jobs, I help find missing people. I go out and speak on human trafficking everywhere. I'm like this big speaker. I need gas. <laughs> I don't okay. never. I don't have money. Right. But keep going around, you know, basically. So, okay, um, so you need some financial support. You probably yeah. are looking for some more connections in the community for jobs. Um, and more help, more and people to come in and say, hey, let's work together. Okay, and some collaborations. Okay. Yeah. Okay. In a building. In a building. <laughs> she said, 5 one C3 in that building. Those are two things that she said, don't let them forget that, Renee. Okay, we will definitely not. Um, I want to thank you because I know this can't be easy to talk about. Like I said, I know this is still really fresh and your, your own story hasn't been resolved the way that you would want it to yet. And I'm going to say yet, I'm going to say yet, because we don't know where life will take us. Um, but let's, let's back up a little bit. I want to, I want to kind of talk about two things. I want to talk about one, um, what is the first step if a child is missing? What is what is the first step somebody should do in order to get help? First of all, they should report the kid as missing, not as um, a runaway. Okay. Because there's a whole difference when you is is how they write it up that makes your child get found faster. Okay. So they should report them as a missing child, not a runaway. Okay. And is there anybody in particular, is there a certain department within the police department that they need to go to, or is it general? Do they just need to call somebody? Fam, well, you can go, right? You can go ahead and call the police wherever the child became missing from and file that report. Okay. But there are family services, like right now, um, I'm speak on human trafficking for Birmingham. Um, they have fam. they have, um, I speak for a Birmingham Police Department on human trafficking. So they have family services and 
and the captain on over there is like named Captain Blackwell. She um is an awesome lady. She's really big on on stopping human trafficking. Right, her, Captain Blackwell. Yeah, and She's Detective great. Black Valentine. Yeah, they're they're really big on that. So we always we're always going to churches. We're always going to events. We're always speaking on human trafficking. Um, me, them, uh, Danny Carr, the DA's office. You know, he's really big on stopping human trafficking because uh, he he was involved in helping us right. get my baby. You know, so he ever since then, you know, he's a big support. He's always there. You know, from the little times, you know, when I say, "Hey, I don't have," you know, I need I need to get over here to these kids. Okay, <laughs> what we got to do for you? Because right. you know, I really right. see your vision. You know, a lot of people. You know they believe in you when they finally see that it is true you know um but i i think they should stay in contact with family services and, and see birmingham i'm not sure how the county works but birmingham is really uh, stepped up on human trafficking and they're really prosecuting people on human trafficking i think i have seen an uptick like on the news and different things of people being at least arrested i haven't followed all the, yes. the stories so let me ask you this how can somebody get in contact with you what what are some ways to get in contact with you i have um angels arms ministry at gmail.com at gmail.com okay. I just arms ministry then my telephone number the work phone is 205-585-8076 okay. and I'm on Facebook as Jasmine that's J-A-S-M-A-I-N-E Deloach D-E-L-O-A-C-H Sanders S-A-N-D-E-R-S and I, I tell anybody that come on my page because, you know, it's, it's nothing but grace that put me there right. to help people. So I'm always there. I'm always that person that's everywhere after people. But now I need help. <laughs> <laughs> right. And that's why that's another reason why I wanted to reach out because when I met you, I was like, okay there's not like a team of people like when you were talking about it, I was like okay I hear her talking but I don't hear a team <laughs> I just kind of hear her so I said I really wanted to highlight and I and I really wanted to do like a over the phone or a verbal interview because I didn't I don't want it to be lost with just a blog because sometimes like people read it and they don't really hear the emotion because this is this is a story about a mother who has been searching for her child who is now helping other children of the street like find a place because what ends up happening that's what these kids are looking for is a place and you're telling them that's not where it is it's not the street there are people out here who love you who want to support you and put you in good position and that's what you're doing by finding jobs by helping them you know get back into school and do these positive things in the community that's huge look i pop up wherever the police I'm, I'm connected with police officers too. When they call me, I'm coming. Right. If I see a child, it's like I just saw this little boy. He was in a fight. This um other little boy, his mom took him in the house. I pulled him to the side. You know, we're so afraid to approach these kids. I pulled him to the side. Said, "Hey, come here for a minute." He was like, "Um, 
what's wrong? I said, so you finna fight? He was like, do I know you? I said, no, you don't know me. I said, so you finna fight? What you finna fight for? He goes, and then his friend walked up and said, oh, hey, I know you. I saw you on Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, his friend walked up and said that. And I was like, what you finna fight for? He was like, because he want a dollar. And he wanted to go get him a sandwich. I said, are you serious? So you telling me you finna fight about a sandwich. Right. I said, you need a dollar. Let me give you a dollar. I said, don't let me catch you back over here acting up. I said, I'm coming back to these, these apartments <laughs> so I can find you. Right. I said, I'm going to be walking around looking for you. I said, because I want to make sure you're doing the right thing. I said, you, you. I said it, it don't make no sense to act the way you're acting and doing and the stuff you're doing. I said, do you know I run into children every day that go to the juvenile court? I said, that ain't no place for no child to be. Right. They cage y'all in like animals. I said, you want to be an animal? I said, is this the jail that you can pick one? Right. He goes, I don't want them. I said, I know you don't. <laughs> I said, so you need to train yourself. Oh, what's your mind? Give me your mind. What you say? Come on, let's go around here and talk to your mama. Right. And, right. and that's what happened. You know, you have, to, you have to call these kids out and you have to pull them out and tell them, you know, hey, sometimes children want you to correct them most of the time. Right. And, and that's what we're missing we're, we're missing that because we're missing that it takes a village mentality like everybody is in these silos they're doing their own thing and they don't want to get involved so I want to thank exactly. you for getting involved and working past yes, your own yeah. situation and pain and doing what you're doing because you are impacting and changing lives so thank you so much for your time um, anything else you want to kind of leave with the listeners before we go well <laughs> You know, I'm doing everything I can in the communities, and I ask for more people to step up, you know, but the best the best thing we could all do is come together and stop trying to compete with each other and try to help these kids. You know, it's not all about me. I wouldn't care, you know, if I just dropped my ministry and just got with someone else, but I think we all need to get together. I don't care how we get together. Right. You know, if we can't show these children that we can get into unity, then we're really going to have a problem. If we can't come together in front of them, that's what's going to make them more divided. So if we can't come together, you know, I feel like this world is going to be even worse. I just want everybody to come together. And like I said, if they want to contact me, they're more than welcome to contact me, you know, and see how we all can work together. Because I'm here that everywhere. I'm sure you see. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do. I see all the pictures. I'm like, she is everywhere. Right. Like, yeah. Right. I do see that. Well, thank you so yeah. much for your time. And hopefully this will be a launching pad for you to get some more volunteers and get the support that you need. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Have a great day. You too. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye bye. I wanted to make sure that I reiterated Jasmine's contact information. Um, So the office number is 205-585-8076. Again, that's 205-585-8076. You can also reach her at Gmail. She's angelsarmsministry at gmail.com. Um, I just really want people to look into her organization. Um, She's asking for volunteers. She's asking for help with her 501c3. 
she's asking for help with getting a bigger building she has huge dreams and she really is heavily involved in the community and I just wanted to just appeal to anybody that's listening that might have some resources or time um, to really look into her organization and see where you might be able to, to fit in and plug in. Um, some of the stats for human trafficking are astounding. In fact, in Alabama, about 5,000 human trafficking victims are moved through our state. And that comes from a story from ABC 3340 that was just um, published last month in September. Um, you can get some more information on humantraffickinghotline.org. That kind of shows some statistics. Um, North Alabama, kind of like where we are, Birmingham, Atlanta, these are huge hubs and areas for um, this activity. Uh, so I just really wanted to highlight this, highlight her work, and she is somebody who has real life experience um, with this issue. So as always, I always try to leave a challenge to the listeners. My challenge is to really find something that you are passionate about and find a way for you to help. Um, I would really like for you to look into her organization, but maybe human trafficking is, is not your your um, focus right now, but she's also looking at doing something with, the, with youth to kind of keep them out of trouble and give them something to focus on. So if that's your area, if you just want to buy supplies and bring the supplies, she says that she prints out you know, missing person posters. So she needs paper and she needs ink. Those are very tangible things that I think that we can really do to help support her and her cause. Um, as always, I thank you guys so much for listening and I'll see you next week. Bye.